There's so much I want to say to you guys. First, I want to welcome guys back to Yeshiva. I want to say in returning that I love Yeshiva and a place where people learn Hashem's Torah and the whole purpose of coming here is to be bigger people, is to be closer to Hashem and to be people who pray, who learn, who work on Midas Torah. And that's the focus of coming back to Yeshiva. It's precious to be back in Yeshiva. So I want to welcome the guys back to Yeshiva. We're all, we're all human beings. And you go on the different vacations and we come back and there's people slowly filtering back. There are guys still at all different stops and locations. But I want to state that it's an honor, really a pleasure to be in Yeshiva. A place where people gather together to grow is supposed to be here. There are many, many things on my mind. I ask Mechila, we'll try to do this as organized as possible. The problem when much is on your mind, that it can come a little scattered. I don't want to connect the different thoughts that I have today. I don't like, I'll tell you something, I don't like when people, Torah is special. I don't like when things are forced. I'll give an example. What, what's forced is a guy at a Sheva Brachas on the parasha says a beautiful vert and like ties it into his friend. I happen to love Torah and think Torah is important and precious. It bothers me the squishing of Torah, the using of Torah. The, why do you have to do that? Speak about your friend and then say something, say a beautiful vart to the assembled. Now, if you have something about your friend in the parasha, and Torah will speak about your friend, but just don't force, study Torah, leave the Gishmak of Torah. So I don't want to take everything that I want to learn with you today and lump it together. I really have, there's this, two major topics that I want to get to today, and maybe we'll even have Siata Deshmaya to get to a third topic. The major topic I want to share with the Hevra is, is on my mind. I'll tell you that, that I had a minor surgery last week, and you think about life, even a minor, me and Huri were sharing a joke that a minor surgery is a surgery happening to, happening to somebody else. When it's your surgery, you never feel it's too minor, you're being put out. And, and when you're having a procedure, so you just, you think. You think about what's important to you, you think about life. Stop being in a hospital makes you think about life. And I specifically wanted, a, I want, I wanted to think about the brach of Asha Yatsar, which speaks about the, the amazing human body, Asha Yatsar Adam B'chachma. The amazing intelligence in the human body. And the Baruch HaSher Yatsar, we end off, Baruch HaTashem, Reifechol Basar, Hashem is the healer of all Basar, is the healer of all human beings. Umafli Lasais, and he does wonders. Mafli is a pella, he makes wonders. So Akiva, I want to explain what are these wonders what are the wonders, Akiva? Off with the coat, you'll like this even better, Kivali. What's the wonder that Hashem does? What's the mafli lasses? So allow me, Maish, to share two pshatim with the Chevra Hudi. Two pshatim and mafli lasses. Do you know what it means? I, if guys could do me a favor, the next few days you come out of the facility, make Ashayatzer Bekavana. Ashayatzer Sa'adam Bechachma. Hashem makes a person with such wisdom that's in the human body. And we end up saying, you're the Roy Feichol Basar, you heal all human beings, umafli lasses, and you do a Pella. What's the Pella we're referring to? So I want to share two Pshatim, but I want to speak about the second Pshat, Mardcha. 
Does anybody know what Pella? What wonder? A Pella is a wonder. It's a Pella. If you tell somebody a word, they say it's a, a half of a fella. A Pella. A Pella is wondrous. What's the wonder, Ari, we refer to when we say Hashem is mafli lasses? He does a Pella. So the Mechaber in Shulchan Aruch of Yosef Cairo shares the pshat that the Pella is that the body, the human being eats foods. The body takes all the nutrients and the edible and usable stuff and spreads it around the body for your eyesight, for your bones, for all your different devarim limbs that need all the different nutrients. And that which is not usable and can't get, the body rejects. That's the pella. The mafli lasis is the pella of our body that we take in an orange or some food. The body takes out all the nutrients, all the parts that it needs for different aspects of living. It sends it to the appropriate places. And that which is unusable, that which it doesn't need, it sends out. That's the mafli lasis, the amazing pella of the human body that Hashem designed this amazing, sophisticated system which knows how to take what's necessary, what's good, what's important and use it and throw out that which is not necessary. That's mafli lasis. That's a pella. That's a wonder, the amazing system, the body that knows how to do this. I find it ironic, all of us need that skill in our own lives. In our own lives, learning how to take out that which is usable, that which is important, and filter out that which is not. That's a pella, mafli lasis. Do you know your brain does that all the time? Your brain is busy filtering, taking what's important and rejecting what's not important. That's the basic function of a human being. It's called Ava and Yira. It's called Gvura and Chesed. All our life has two powers to a human being. To be Mekarev, to bring close, and to be Merachik, to reject. Ava is the Bechena being Mekarev. Yira is the Bechena rejecting. And all our lives we decide what to use and what to push away. What to use. It's mamish, the story of human. The story of our life is what I choose and what I reject. What I choose and what I reject. That's the story of human life. Ava is associated with choosing. Yira is associated with rejection. What I choose, what I reject. Which friends, yes. Which friends, not. This is mamish, the story of human life. And Hashem made our body to zero surprise, exactly reflect the, the existence of a human being. It takes in that which it needs, that which it gains from, and it rejects that which it doesn't need. That's the mafli lasis, the great pella of the human body, which exactly what a human being has to do in every aspect of his life or her life. So to the human body takes in what it needs and is mekariv and uses that which is usable and sends away that which is not usable, mafli lasis, an absolute pillar of the human body. So that is the pshat of Yosef Cairo. That's the mechaber's pshat. But that's not the pshat I want to speak about. I want to talk about the pshat of mafli lasis of the Ramah. The Ramah, Ramah Isserlis. The Ramah says that, the, what's the pillar? The Ramah says that the pella of the human body is that we have a soul attached to it. 
The pella of the human body is that we have a soul attached to the human body. That's the pella. It's so, it's so, the Western world is so lost. A Westerner traveled three hours ago. Traveled three hours to a Rav and asked the Rav, journeyed three hour drive to ask the Rav. She went through something in her life and she said, Rabbi, is there life after death? Now, what I'm going to say is very, very pushat. It's, there, there, there are five sheetas in the Gemara about certain aspects. I am saying truths that we, you and I know that I think once in a while is Kedai de Chazer because the Western person is so confused about this. We're Yidin. We know truths. I want to share the following truth with the Hevra here. And every single time you say Asher and you speak Mafli Lasei Sepela is the Pela of what I'm about to describe. This lady wanted to know she faced death, and she wanted to know, is there life after death? And for any Yid, the question is almost peculiar, is there life after death? It's almost a, it's almost a silly question, almost, almost silly. I just want to tell you the truths that you and I know, and I want to share with you today. Is there life after death? I find the question almost funny, it's so ignorant, the question. I would like to talk from a vantage point to people who just know what happened. Hashem took a body that's very physical, that's mina offer from the ground, and Hashem puts life in the body. Life lives. Hashem puts in a yid, a chelak alaykamimal, a piece of God. Vayipach ba'apav, Hashem blew into a human being. He blew man de nafach, Somebody who blows, blows from their own essence. If you blow, you just blew from man de nafach, Hashem blew into us a soul, means that Hashem gave a chalak of himself in every human being. God lives, he lives forever. And so in a physical body, Hashem put in a neshama. I'm talking about a yid. Would a person be alive without the neshama? The answer is yes. We have something, we have a ruach. Also that goyim have a soul that comes from a klipa, that comes, that also causes chiyas to a person. That also is, comes from holy places. It's a sugya that I do not want to discuss now. But we have a neshama, a soul. And in a very physical body, Hashem vayipach ba'ap of nishmas, Hashem blew from himself and put eternity. Now life lives, life doesn't die. What this person meant to say is what about the body? And that the question, not is there life after death, is there life, does the body ever become alive? The body gets a soul, the body gets a, a neshama. And of course, then the, the neshama has now a body to function and to do stuff. So when this person says, is there life after death? No, there's life after life. Of course, the neshama goes to Olam Of course, life lives. Life doesn't end. The person wants to know, what about the robot that we were given? The robot. What about that? So that they want to know, not is there life after death? Is there life to the body? Does the body ever live? Does the body get life beyond the soul that's put into it? It's such a good question that the answer is that there's something called Chiyas HaMesim. The answer is yes, important to know. Now, why is it yes? 
That is a medrash. The medrash says that two people do a crime. A lame and a deaf person do a, a lame and blind person combined to do a crime. The medrash describes how the blind person can't go anywhere because they can't see. The lame person can't go anywhere because they can't walk. So the lame person climbs on the blind person back and the blind guy walks, the lame guy directs and they steal something. Says the medrash, when the king wants to punish, he's like, "Uh uh-oh, I can't punish the lame guy because he couldn't do it on his own. I can't punish the blind guy, he couldn't have done this crime on his own. So he says to the lame guy, climb on the blind guy's back and I'm punishing you together. Says the medrash, that's Tchiyas HaMesim. That Hashem says, hey, I want to give schar to the neshama, but the neshama couldn't do mitzvah on its own. I want to give schar to the guf, but the guf is, is ground, they can't move. So Hashem rebuilds the body, puts the neshama back in. At that point, it's eternal, and Hashem gives schar. That's called tchiyas amesim. When we will come back, and Hashem will give the ultimate reward, that is very, very simplistic understanding. But I just think for people who daily say mafli lasses, the great pillar of our life, that we have a soul, that we have an ishama that's attached to something so physical called the body is a pella. So we say mafli lasses in admiring the incredible body, the most remarkable thing about the body is the amazing shidduch that the body is invested with the soul. Now it's a very complex shidduch. Because you're talking about two opposites. For anybody, I was talking Shabbos to a group of friends who are all married. For anybody who's tried to make a Cholomaya trip, it's a very appropriate conversation for after a break. For anybody who's tried to make a Cholomaya trip and you have older kids and younger kids, it's very cute to try to figure it out. You have 18-year-olds and you have a 6-year-old and you're trying to like do something that's Shabal Chol Nefesh. It's very complex to do something that works for everybody. Even in an amusement park, if you settle on it, but what do you do at the amusement park? The 6-year-old wants to cater to the younger rides. They want to go and what's that ride that goes around and around the carousel? And the 18-year-old doesn't like carousels, wants the upside-down roller coaster. And it becomes complex managing that there are different ages and different likes. The body and the soul are not into the same thing. The soul, in the words of the Messiah Sisharim, is Mo'os Azed, does not like this world. Doesn't like it. It doesn't get Hana. It's drawn to godliness, the soul. It's a piece of Hashem and wants to express itself in godly activities. Wants to pray, wants to study Torah, wants to be kind like Hashem. It, its chayus is expressed in godliness. And then it's put in a body whose tendency is towards physicality. It wants to taste something good. It wants to experience physical goodness. And somehow the intelligent human being has to work out this system. Has to work out this system to make sure to take good care of the human body. All the while, all the while, of course, living with the neshama, with the soul that craves godliness. And that's a simple understanding of our existence. Every time you come out of the facility and you thank Hashem for our incredible body, you end off, you heal every baser, all the physical parts of man, but we never forget the great pell of existence that the body has an neshama, 
a living soul, a living soul attached to it, that's the great wonder of a human being. The neshama that's put with the body. We just read Parshas Yisrael this past week, and the Medrash says that, thank you so much, the Medrash says when you read the, when you read the Luchais, that they read right to left. We know you have the first five on the right, first five on the, and the next five on the left. The Medrash says one and six, which are side by side, are connected. Two and seven, three and eight, four and nine, five and ten. I want to talk about one and six. What's the first of the Aseris Hadibris? Anoichi Hashem Eloikecha. Shalom Aleichem, I am Hashem, your God. That took you out of Egypt, which is a fascinating Shalom Aleichem. A lot is written on that. should be Shalom Aleichem, I am God who created you. Not how Hashem introduces himself, fascinatingly. He says, I am Hashem who took you out of Mitzrayim. Funny introduction. Anoichi Hashem Aleikecha should start all day. But nonetheless, it's Hashem Shalom Aleichem. That's on the right side. What's on the less? Don't murder. Understand that a person is a chelik eloikamimau. A person has an neshama. Ritzicha, you've driven away. Anoichi Hashem eloikecha. You removed from this world, you drove away a neshama. Ritzicha is not you killed a body, a body wasn't alive. Ritzicha is you sent a neshama out of this world. And Ritzicha is a chesarn in Anoichi Hashem Aleikecha. You are mimayit in Anoichi Hashem Aleikecha. I am Hashem, your God, and I put a piece of myself, a chelak aleikamimau, in this world. Don't extinguish a yid. Don't extinguish a human being. Don't drive away a chelak aleikamimau. So that's Anoichi Hashem Aleikecha. Don't murder. So that is the Aleikecha that's on the right and left of the, of the Luchais. So that is the first thing I wanted to share with the Hevra. I wanted to say to the guys that, that remembering that we, that remembering the Mafli Lassais, the great Pella, that we have a soul that drives for Luchnius. Years ago, years ago, I drove a guy, I drove a, a, a guy in Waterbury had a father who was a psychiatrist out of America for many years. And he came to visit his son, they're from Argentina. And I had this chus of driving the father, was about Shuvah, to the airport. I drove him to the airport, to JFK, and we got to speaking. And he told me the first many years of my life, I was practicing as a psychiatrist, and I wasn't a Yid. He said, I wasn't from, he was a Yid, he wasn't from yet. And he said in his practice, he chaffed, that he was treating people like they're cows. He was looking at a cow. He didn't know about the soul, about the neshama. He wasn't sensitive to the metzius that Hashem gave us. Hashem gave a soul to a person. A neshama that's drawn to ruchnius. And he said, in, he said in treating people, I realized, how can I ever hope? To get this human being happy and comfortable and successful, I'm treating them like a cow. I'm Pasha, don't know who I'm treating. And he said, only in later years do I treat the entirety of the person. Do I really reflect on the human being who has a neshama that craves ruchnius in them? That's just an important mitzvah to know about ourselves, to chazer every once in a while. I think that different times in all our lives that we reflect 
on just who am I? Who am I? There are different times that people reflect on the question, who am I? I could say this is something I want to share with my friends here. That I want to share with us, mafli lasses, the great tell of our existence. That we have a human body that has wants and needs and take good care of your body. The altar of Kelm's son-in-law said about his father-in-law, the altar of Kelm, he's so identified with Neshama that he took care of his body. Listen to what he described his father-in-law. He said, Zach, like you give money to an ani. You ever gave a dollar to an ani? You took care of an ani? He said, the altar of Kelm took care of his body like you take care of an ani. Just, you talk about a sh- identity, he's so identified with the tzad of neshama of him that he took care of his body like you care for an ani. I once, my son Manny and I once went, my son Manny and I once went to visit Reb Revda in Sloan Kettering. He was on his deathbed in Sloan Kettering. Ari, what are you telling Ari? I feel like that's not like a good riot that he's taking care of the neshama, he's taking care of his body. Now he's taking care of his neshama. He was so in touch with his neshama that he took care of his body like you and I would take care of an ani. I'm not saying he took care of his neshama. He was so in touch with being neshama that he took care of his body. He didn't identify my body when I have a soul. He's so identified with that part called neshama that his, his taking care of his body was like, I need this. I need this robot, I can't do it on my own. And he would bathe, he would wash down his robot, he would give it a shower. But literally, like you would take care of an honey. Literally, like you would take care of a poor guy. He was very good to his body. He'd feed it. Literally, that's how he viewed it. He was so in touch with the soul, he would take care of his body. It's wild things to think about, but that's the altar of Kelm where he was. I'm not trying just to tell you a story. I'm telling you about ourselves that it's important to actualize who we are. Who we are. Every once in a while, we say every Ashayatz are mafli lasis. The great wonder, these are psukim in the Torah. Hashem blew in a human being, a neshama. He blew, he blew his soul. He blew his soul. Now we do have two souls, that is true. That we do have two souls, a human being. Even before the neshama, he was a nefesh chaya, he'd be moving around. There was a soul. But this is a nishmas Hashem. There's a neshama, very, very lofty neshama, that craves ruchnius, that's part of our makeup, our construction. I think that's important to be aware of. And that neshama craves godliness, that's what it craves. And his ma'os is disgust, and I was like, doesn't like a mazet. It's not, it's not drawn, it's not appeased by it. This, I'm, we're just studying Torah, it's important to be in touch with the truth. I think many of us can experience moments where we could sense something. We could sense something that there, there's a power to us. I'm not just a cow, I crave something. I like something. I have a certain... There are times giving. There are times the soul feels a chiyos from giving. You're touching. You have something to you that's a nishmas, that's a neshama, that's from very lofty places. This is something that we have every once in a while we can experience and feel and get in touch with. That's called a neshama. The greats were extremely in touch with their souls. They were very in touch with this part of themselves. We're at an age, Rabbi Say, we're at an age where people are, are struggling to know what am I, who am I. 
it's rampant in the world, the question of who am I, people are grappling, it's important for you and I to study what we know, to study Torah, to really relearn Psukim. I want to tell you, I want to be honest, that I went back to the Psukim of the creation of man in going through my own procedure. I just learned those Psukim. I got curious. You think about these questions. I learned the Psukim. I learned the Archaim on the Pasuk, the Ramban on the Pasuk. Just study the Psukim of our creation to remember things. My son Manny and I went to visit. We went to visit Rebrevda. And he was on his deathbed in Sloan Kettering. The way he spoke about his body, it's many years later. I can't speak for my son Manny, though I will ask him when I go to Eretz Yisrael. I'm curious how much of an impression it was on him. I, can't, I don't have the right to speak to him, for him. I could tell you on myself that it was one of the most powerful things I ever experienced in my life. He was sitting in bed in Sloan Kettering Hospital, and he was just gushing about how much Hashem let him get out of his body. He was like appreciative. He said from youth, I had a very frail body. He described being sickly in youthful ages. And he said to think that I squeezed 11 svarim. He wrote 11 svarim. I know the number 11 because that's what he said. That's what I remember. I have to ask his family. I'm not, I'm not a student to Reb Brevda, though I like his, I've heard Shiurim. But he said in that hospital, if I remember correctly, and it's pretty vivid by me, I think he said I squeezed 11 books out of my body. Check that up, I don't know. And he said, I traveled the world. He was a globe trotter. His Rebbe, who was Rebrevda's Rebbe? Who was Rebrevda's Rebbe? Who was his Rebbe, guys? Reb Chatzkel was one of his Rebbe. Reb Chatzkel was the Mashkiach of Panovich and the Mir Yeshiva at one point. And Reb Chatzkel told him he had a tremendous power of speech. And Reb Chatzkel told this Talmud that your tafkid is to speak around the world. He came to Waterbury to speak many times. He traveled the world. And he wasn't so well, and he traveled. He didn't stop. His Rebbe told him it's his job. He was an old man. He would go everywhere, South Africa, England, Canada, USA, different countries. He was in Waterbury, Connecticut, when we were a small city, because his Rebbe told him to speak. He made you laugh. He made you cry. He was one of the great speakers I've ever heard. Fantastic speaker. Have you heard some of his shiurim, Dovi? Do, do yourself a favor and listen to a shiur from him. Get a tape. He's just so good. He's vivid. Eitan, if you never heard Reb Revda, I ask you a favor. Get a hold of one, one thing. On any on Purim. Purim's coming up in six weeks, seven weeks. Get a, get a, get a CD. Get something from Reb Revda on Purim. Purim, he was fire. Fire. He taught the Grah. Reb Revda's big safer was the Grah. Reb Revda was a big bucky and wrote Svarim on the Grah. He, I have in my house Svarim from Rebrevda on the Grah. He was very, he once got stuck on a Grah, him and his wife. He was crying. He couldn't get shot in a Grah. Him and his wife traveled to the Grah's kever and davened at the kever. And that night, they came from Shemayim to Rebrevda and told him shot in the Grah that night. He davened at the kever, he cried his head out, and they came to Rebrevda and told him shot that night in the Grah. I don't know if the Grah himself came, I don't remember. But they came in Shemayim told. But anyway, so Reb Revda was sitting Nisanel on his hospital deathbed and he was telling me and my son the amazing gratitude he has to Hashem for how much he got out of his body. 
and Avi to see somebody have such clarity who he was. And to get it, I'm not just the body. I, it, was, it was a beautiful experience, Zach, to see somebody who had a clarity that I'm not just my body. The body is wonderful. The body is beautiful. And the, he appreciated his body. But what the altar of Kelm, son described on the altar of Kelm, to experience a person who shared this earth with me, thank Hashem for his body that trotted around the globe, that went everywhere to speak and really loyally served him was like eye-opening to a person who had a clarity of who he was. Every time you leave the facility and you describe Baruch HaTah Hashem, the healer of the Vassar, and the great wonder that you attach an Hashemah to me, that you give us a soul, is a tremendous opportunity for the clarity of, what, of who we are. So that's the first thing on welcoming guys back. I'm welcoming you back. I want to remind you and I who we are. And we're certainly wonderful people. We're wonderful people with this precious soul, with this precious, precious fiery soul that we should be aware of. So I wanted to share that with the guys. The Isser Loi Sertzach is connected with Anoichi Hashem Don't drive away the Shechina. Don't drive away the Tzalem Aleichem. I want to share a totally another point, and really that comes off, that comes off of Ben Azmanim. It's interesting, a man, I davened, me and Hudi went together to a minion for Meirev, and a man asked me, he said, I love vacation, he said, but spending a lot of time with your wife and kids, he said your kids, did not say his wife, but he said spending time with your kids like is, is challenging my patience, can you tell me anything about it? Like give me some chizuk. It's challenging my patience. I can't say I relate to him. By me, spending time with the kids was delightful and I didn't find it very challenging. I hope I, I found maybe challenge their patience putting up their dads not as quick, but, um, but they did not challenge my patience. But this man stopped me and said that, that, that spending time with his kids challenged his patience, and he wanted to know, can I give any chizuk? So I want to share, coming off a time that we all spent maybe with siblings, rel- close relatives, I want to share something with the guys that I think is, is, is a big deal. If everybody please listens well to this. The Mizbeach, Parsha's Yisrael, the last, Yisrael is a big Parsha, a big Parsha. Nasev and Ishmael in Yisrael. This beautiful Parsha called Yisrael, of Maish Rabbeinu's father-in-law joining Klal Yisrael, Nasev and Ishmael, Klal Yisrael saying that amazing claim, that amazing commitment of Nasev and Ishmael in Yisrael, that Seres Adibrois are twice in the Torah. The ten most important commandments, the most fundamental commandments, the Aseris Adibris, are in Parshas Yisrael. They're twice in the Torah, and one of the places is Yisrael. So the Aseris Adibris, Yisrael and Veshanon, but in Yisrael is the Aseris Adibris. And then at the end of the Parshas, a seemingly mayor, welcome home, Elio, welcome home. For this vert, you'll want coats off, I promise. You'll see. Yiddy, you'll see. For this vert, it's a no coat vert, you'll see. So at the end of the parsha, Yiddi, check this out, Yiddi Einhorn, welcome home. This will be cause for a good song. Trust me, there'll be a good song coming after this one. So at the end of Parshas Yisrael, I wanna, I'm very happy. We, we started maybe like heavy hitting with talking about souls and stuff. We're going to get very practical. 
Yiri, at the end of the parasha, the Pasuk says that we know there's something called the Mizbeach. And the Mizbeach is that place that a human being deeply and profoundly connects to God. He puts gifts to Hashem. You give presents to Hashem called Karbanais. A Yid brings a gift to God on the Mizbeach. So it's a place that very much represents a Yid's connection to Hashem. The place where a human being in a profound way connects to God. Now there's a halacha about the Mizbeach, Maishala. And the halacha about the Mizbeach, this I want not a guy to lose focus. Please focus hard. There's a law Yehud about the Mizbeach that says the last Pasuk in Parashas Yisrael, It's Asr Dairaisa to build steps up to the Mizbeach. Don't make steps to get to the Mizbeach. Not to have a gilui of your erva. What does this mean? When you climb up steps, by force, you got to spread your legs. By force, because you're climbing up steps. When you spread your leg, now the Kayin's wearing a robe. Now it's true he has pants on as well, but if you're just in a robe and the legs are spread, so underneath is showing inappropriate behavior to what's underneath you. Says the Torah, you are not allowed to climb steps up to the Mizbeach because you're disgracing the stairs. You're spreading out your feet. Instead of a ramp, in a ramp you don't have to spread your feet. You can go little, little, little steps. Is there any Isr Daraisa to walk up steps, my friend? No. You're allowed to go up steps. We all have steps to up the building here. Up to the Mizbeach, God says, I don't allow steps. It's an Isr Daraisa. You're not allowed to eat Chazer. There's one of the 613, my friends. You're not allowed to eat Chazer. You're not allowed to wear Shatnas. You're not allowed to have steps walking up to the Mizbeach. You hear that, Zach? Why? Because steps make you spread your feet. You're disgracing that which is underneath you. Do the steps get very mad, Zach? Says Rashi. Please listen to Rashi. So Rashi says as follows. And Rashi is explaining what God is saying, Avi. These stones. Who don't have intellect to care if you disgrace them. The stones, if you'd have steps, the steps would not be very bragus. They wouldn't be mad. Chutzpah, he's disrespecting me. He spread his feet over me. Yet Amra Tyre, the Tyre said, Since you have a need, they're serving you. Don't be noyeg bzyonis to them. Don't treat them inappropriately. Chavercha, your friend. Who's in the form of Hashem. He's the Demos of Hashem. He has a soul. He does care. Certainly don't disgrace him. So the ramp to the Mizbeach whispers. What does it whisper to the human being? It says, your friend, be very careful with his Bezayin, with his covered. Be careful your friend's dignity. That's the message of the ramp. Steps in some way disgrace the walker disgraces that which is underneath him 
in some, there's no Isser to normally walk up steps. You can search the whole Torah. It's no Isser. But up to the Mizbeach, Hashem has a message to a human being. There is an element in steps. You're spreading your feet and you're being Mivaze, that which is under you. Go with the ramp. And what's it whispering? So what's the message of the ramp to the Mizbeach? Be careful, your friend's dignity. Because if the steps which don't care, Hashem is saying, I don't want you spreading your feet. Your friend who does care, be careful with his honor. So if the ram can talk, what would it say to a human being? Be careful with your friend's dignity. That's the message of the ram. Menachem Klar, that's the message of the ram. Can I ask you a question? Why in the world would you put that on the ramp to the Mizbeach? God wants to teach you and I to be careful with our friend's dignity. Why in the world would you put that on the steps leading to the Mizbeach? If you had a sign, I remember I, I went to visit a certain camp. There was a Yid who had a camp that was called Monroe, a big tzaddik. And he wanted to get irreligious kids, Yiddish kids who had no shaykhs to Yiddishkeit. And it was, a, it was a front for a lot of Kirov. And he had this camp. He was a huge baseball guy, a top-notch baseball guy. And he was brilliant. I tried to get him to coach our basketball team. He's retired, lives in Lakewood today. I told him I would fly him in. I would fly him in for the games. He's an older man. It's before. Now we have the best coach. Now, now Menachem Brum. This is years ago. So at the time, I didn't know. Now I want to sign Menachem. We're working on signing him to a max long-term deal. And we don't want to let him out of our grip. But at the time, I was looking for a coach. And I wanted a Yid. I wanted somebody. Today, you have a beautiful Ben with sincerity. The way Menachem takes it seriously. I love competence. I like you do something, you do it well. I, don't, I like real work. Erlichkeit, sincerity. The way Menachem busts it. The way he has, puts aside bias. Not I played my friend by this. No. Sincere, do an authentic job. The way he respects the guys, the way he communicates, the way he, every aspect how he does it is something gorgeous. It's gorgeous. I'm watching, I promise you I'm inspired this year, watching his performance, the sincerity, the way he takes it seriously, the way I, I committed to a job, to a task. It's just beautiful. And his interactions with the guys, it's a tough spot. We're human. This one wants to play more, this, that. This, just in a beautiful clear, thought out, thoughtful way, I'm like dazzled by. I just want to put that out there. But I'm not going to Beautiful person. Yeah, yeah. Amazingly talented person. I like sincerity. I like authenticity. You commit to a job, however you do it right. And sincerely, there's so much good. You could do the amount he's done. It's been a beautiful experience, a growing experience, because a person took it seriously, sincerely. I like the staff here, the staff, a lot of the chevra here, Mavrami, Doivi, the chevra, Mardcha, the way guys do things in such a beautiful, sincere way. Mardcha, Nacham, the whole chevra here. We're, we're really, really, really fortunate to have Erlich people, Ari. Yosef here with tremendously tremendously you know talking about Erlich this wasn't like a setup Yosef I want to do another Shabbos rally day we're going to do it I want to do what you guys did with that song the Zmiris last year if you could do that again Yosef that was stunning last year I want to bring in a big speaker we're going to have a day we're rallying for Shabbos Kodesh 
I'm going to bring in a big time speaker to talk about in Yanei Shabbos, but I'm looking for the biggest. I want the biggest in the world for the Chevra. So I want somebody to speak in Yanei Shabbos. I'm going to bring in big time for Hilcha Shabbos. I have a Yid who knows Kola Tarakula, who probably is coming for Hilcha Shabbos. So we're going to have in Yanin, Hilchus, and then I'm bringing world class, Yosef Kasper from within world class to do, I want Zmiris, but like last year they did a, they put together. How gorgeous was that last year, Yosef? It was like, I want again, get the Chevron, make sure Menachem's in there. Anyway, let's get back to where we were. So I wanted this guy, it happens to be, I wanted him to, um, to coach our basketball team. But he had a camp he had a camp, this guy, and he would, Jewish kids would come to his camp, and officially they were not in a religious place, and he got kids, and then they would subtly, he would teach Yiddishkeit. It was very inspiring. And he hired, like, from people to do a lot of stuff. It was a very, very cool place. There's a Yid, there's a Yid who was a rub. He was Nifter very young. He was a crazy baseball player, crazy. He worked in the camp. He was a rub in Virginia. He was Nifter a couple of years ago. He worked in this camp. It was like a whole undercover operation that made many kids closer to Hashem. It was called Monroe. So I once went to visit this Sadiq. I have this weird thing. I like Sadiqim. And I went to visit this Sadiq, and he showed me around his camp. And he had like morals hanging from trees. The camp was a beautiful place and he was very strict that the baseball was serious because people had to take it serious. And there were kids who were ranked. The baseball was intense. They could play. These guys were really serious. One time I had a collection of yeshiva guys. We played them. I think they racked us, but they were, they, these guys were the real deal. They were, they were like 12. We were like 16, 17. I, I remember they beat us 15-1 or something. But they, they were very organized. They had the, the sending out signs. And the, they were just very put together. The bottom line is, we're like, you know, the outfielders like clutching and guys are running bases and they're like hitting the cutoff. Whatever, it's a long story. But the Kitzer Advarim is, this place, he had signs around the camp where he taught morals and lessons from the Torah. And I remember seeing on different trees, different signs, different walls, to put the sign on the Mizbeach that says, be careful with your friends, be careful with your friends' honor, is such a strange place to put the sign. The Mizbeach's a human being and God. Why are the steps, Nachamol, why would the steps to the Mizbeach be a message about being careful about your friend's dignity? Thank you, Hudi. Thank you. I love you. Thank you. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna tell you what he said. you hear my kasha? Where would you put this sign in the base Amigdash, By the way, I could think of places I would put it. I would put this sign. I would say we have something called the Shulchan. The Shulchan represented the sustenance of the Jewish nation. What was on the Shulchan, my friends, all week? Bread, good. What was the bread called? The lechem upon him. The lechem upon him. In English, what do they call it? Like the showman's bread? What do they call it? What does art scroll call it? Lechem upon him. Showman. Showbread. You've also heard that? That's what it was called. We didn't, we had shimmy with no for sure. Showman. Like, yeah, shimmy with no for sure. Okay. We have this. I've got, the, if anybody remembers in English what art school calls it. But on the, on the Shulchan Eitan, I'd understand it. The Shulchan represents. Showbread is called Lechem Apanim, which translates as face bread. 
face bread, show bread, the show bread, the lechem upon him, the show bread. So there, Doibi, thank you, there would make sense to me, maybe on the Shulchan, which represented Jewish sustenance, so I understand you'd have a message to be careful with the Yidden. But the covenant of your friend, the honor of your friend. But how funny is it, Yukusil? That on the, on the ramp leading up to the Mizbeach, the Mizbeach Yehudu represents a human being's connection to God. Why would there be a voice on the way up that would whisper, be careful, your friend's honor. I hear, it's true. It's true, Nathaniel, you should be careful, your friend's honor. Ben, it's true. But why is that the message on the way up to the Mizbeach, Aryeh? You hear that question, Aryeh? What's the point why there's a ramp, not steps? Usr the Raisa to have steps up to the Mizbeach. Why are ye? Because what has to happen when you have steps? You got to spread your feet far apart. And there's a degree of bizayin to that which is underneath you. And it's a Kavachimer. If the steps don't care, don't be Nagimanik bizayin. So certainly your friend. Avi, you like my question? You clear what I'm asking? Gavriel, you hear the question I'm asking? Why did the path up to the Mizbeach contain such a message, Nachar? So I, I want to say something small and then something bigger. On a small level, MJ, Reb Yisrael Salanter, but there's not what we're going to stick with. Reb Yisrael Salanter said, did anybody ever hear of the custom when they do Hagba to show the Torah to look at the letters? If you want to prove how from you are, you charge. It's a very good idea. They ever want to prove how from it's a very good thing. It says, The letters make you smart. So if you want to show you're really from, when they pick up the tire, run over it, take a charge, and you stare at the letters. You're officially really from. If you want people to know, run at the tire. You let her run over people in the front. Yisrael Salanter are exactly like you said that many people to look at the Torah run over people. And Rabbi Yisrael warned us that when you run to the Torah, don't run over anybody. In the name of religion, a lot of people have died. You know, in the history, the most deaths have occurred in the name of religion. That line on the way to the Torah, don't run over another Yid, Rabbi Yisrael's line is very profound. And that you could say, pshat, that the steps leading up to the Mizbeach have a ramp, not steps, is on running to God. Don't run over anybody. So that would be, the, that would be like that voice. Mamish Ari, Reb Yisrael, Salanter, and the Mizbeach steps. All can be understood in that way. I know you're going to want to run to God. You have a soul that craves Hashem. And run to Hashem, but don't run over anybody in the process. And you're running to God, and you're running to your relationship, you can run over many people. How many people have been running over in the name of somebody running to God? So run to Hashem, but don't run over anybody. So you could understand the steps, the way to the Mizbeach actually voiced by having a ramp, not steps, said be careful to the, your friend. So that would make sense. But I want to say that I believe it's much deeper. And what I believe is one of the Kinyane Yatayra, well actually many of the Kinyane Yatayra, Kinyane Atayra is the only way a person can be in sync, in lockstep with Tyra. And Tyra is a human being's most intimacy with Hashem. Learning Hashem's Tyra, intimacy with Hashem. 
And in order to learn Torah, you have to be oyev esabriyos. You have to love people. Dan lekav you have to judge them favorably. You have to be noise ba'olam chaveri. Feel their pains. Many kinyane atay. We just lift, listed three. It's necessary to care, to notice, to recognize, to appreciate the people around you. So we're led to a different possibility, my friends. And we're led to wonder that to be close to Hashem, you want to go up the Mizbeach, to be close to Hashem. Kirvis Hashem, which you so desire, so be like Hashem. What do we know about Hashem? The first praise, he's a gadol. He's into other people. He cares about other people. He notices other people. Hashem is a gadol. If you want to be close to Hashem, the path up is itself to be patient, understanding, respectful of the people around you in your life. What God is to everybody in the world, I don't know if we could be to everybody in the world, but to your spouse, your kids, your dependents, the peop- your siblings, patience, understanding, that is actually the path to Hashem. It's the path to Hashem. It's actually the very way to get up. Not just, I know you want to climb the Mizbeach, so make sure not, not to hurt your friend. No, the way up the Mizbeach is a ramp, not steps. Is that which says, be careful about your friend. The more you're sensitive to your friend, the more you're caring, the more you're understanding, the closer you are getting to Hashem. You're being more godly. So that's what Hudi said. Hudi said that the precisely the best place to put this sign. Hashem wanted to hang the sign like they did in Camp Monroe. Hang signs of messages of, 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 of Midas Tavis, messages, important messages of morality. The sign on the way to the Mizbeach, on the, 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 the ramp itself was a message, be careful on the Bezayin of your friend. Be careful on not being Mevazi, your friend. Be careful, your friend. That is the sign on the path up to God. You want to climb the Mizbeach, you want care of Hashem. Then the people around you be sensitive and caring and thoughtful and patient with the people around you. That precisely is up the path to Hashem. I want to tell you a lot of the experience of people's lives. I want to share, I want every guy to hear this, especially coming off of Ben Azmanim. People in their lives go at young ages from frustration with a sibling, frustration with aspects of a family member. That's, the, that's what happens in youth. And all that is normal. All that is normal. We're young and people around us and their, their difficulties could be challenging. As we get older and more sophisticated and more successful at life, we actually say learning to understand, learning to love, learning to appreciate, adjusting to caring for, adjusting to this person is actually the biggest thing and the biggest positive in my life. It's actually the thing that produced the most godliness. The very same thing. That in younger years, a person might say was the most challenging aspect of my life. It challenged me. It rocked my world. This person is so difficult. This person has this deficiency and that deficiency. As we're getting more sophisticated and we're more careful and sensitive and working with and encouraging of even a difficult person, maybe, just maybe, that's actually the steps up to the Mizbeach. 
Maybe just maybe managing this, learning this, developing through it, becoming more godly is actually my path to Hashem. How ironic is it, Yehuda, that in younger years, the same thing we actually thought blocked my connection to God. That frustrating thing that we thought was actually an eco was actually just the ramp leading to God. I find it so beautiful and meaningful and just true that the very same thing, I, you know why I thought it? Because I just didn't see stairs. I didn't see the typical mode of, of, of operation. I'm used to steps. There was no steps there. Fakert, I thought because there were no steps, this is like the biggest ikuv. How many people feel they're trying to steig? I'm just trying to learn, I'm just trying to grow. And they had this difficult situation with some family member. It's such a blockage in their life, only to learn as they get older that adjusting, figuring out, could be the biggest area that actually helped you climb the mat towards Hashem because you became a bigger person. You were more makfit on the bazillion of your friend. The one thing I want to ask the guys, and I don't know the answer, I'm very curious to this, Hudi, is why the message was be makfit on his bazillion, don't disgrace him. Why like in a lesson shlila, in a negative? Remember there were many lessons Hashem could have taught us he doesn't say give it honor. He says don't be mevazid. It's interesting to me that, that, that that's the lesson on the way up. Don't be mevayish. Don't, 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 don't put it down. It's interesting. So to your friend, Allah has kam kama. be careful with his dignity. Be careful. Don't, don't disgrace it. It's interesting in the Lush and Shlila. I don't know why it's that way. Where it doesn't give the active of, of honor and respect. It says don't be mevayish. Don't put it down. But I do, yes. He's saying it's much more shrivadi you're giving honor, but it means even that which is unintended and not certainly not what I'm trying to do. Well said, Joe, I'm proud of you. Well said, well said, intelligent, <laughs> intelligent. Yeah. Intelligent, intelligent. Yeah, I'm fascinated by this. It's the second point that I wanted to make to the Hevra on this after returning from a Ben Azmanim, spending time with precious loved ones. This point that adjusting, understanding, working with is probably the biggest path of all of us towards Hashem. Probably the biggest path to godliness. So I wanted to share that with everybody here. What do you say, Zach? I don't blame you. You just came back from a fun few days. How was? Amazing. Awesome. Awesome. Baruch atah You took good care of Menachem, Zach? I want to guess there wasn't much sleep on this trip. You had Lenny there, right? Sano. Eitan, are you with the, did you see, you saw us, I, can't, I have to ask somebody who didn't see, Arye, do you peg Lenny to be, do you think he's a, don't answer, do you think he's a boarder or, or, a, or a skater? Hmm? Skier, not a boarder. Yehuda, what do you hold about Lenny? 
Scare a border. Pretty unanimous, pretty unanimous here. MJ, were you there? Skier a border. They went border. MJ? The guys are overwhelming borders. If this is the stereotype, I, I can't tell you what's the truth. The stereotype is the cool, hip, like new type of guy is a border. The very, it's, it's a classy, no, no, skiers. Classy, not classy. Right, a classy, the, a, a class, a skier is like a classy, riding an old school is a skier, and a border is like hip and modern. Eitan, with that, is that a fair breakup? Is that a fair stereotype at least? Are we ready? Is that more, but is that more like trick skiing and stuff? Right. But I'm talking about like. <laughs> Maybe next year's color war. What do you hold next year instead of the dorms? Skiers against borders. And then you either do a boarding trip for the whole school of borders win or a ski trip that the skiers win. Not bad. By hands, let's see if it works here. By hands, and we're going to find out the answer. To, first one, Natan, I'll reveal yourself, Lenny. Whoa! <laughs> Me and Hootie. Hootie and I are skiers. So we, Ari, you're a fellow skier, right? I'm a skier. I called it out. I called it Menachem Braun's a boarder and Ari's a skier. Think about it, like Ari the classy, rocking at old school, and Menachem the hip and cool. It's too, it's too. For Shaduchim, I think there should be a new category, you know, five years. Menachem, did they ever ask for Shaduchim? Like, I want to learn five years, border, like, part of it. Ari, do you know what Avrami does? Would you peg him as a border or a skier? Skier. I say skier also. Skier? Dooping. Avrami is a skier. Naftali Fagan. That's got to be a border, border, border. Yukusil. What do you peg Yukusil? Who said that? Who said skier? Skier, right? Let's go, you can see. You have your fellow skiers. <laughs> Benny, you mask him to the two. <laughs> what do you peg, Avram? What do you peg, Davey as? Yeah. Oh, you know. Wow, that's a good one. Let me let's think. I also, who said that? I would say skier also. Skier. Is he really? As good as Mosh? Really? Wow. Nach, you've seen Ben? You've seen Ben? Who's seen, who here has seen Ben? They never saw Mosh, Kalish. I'm curious if it's that. Yeah, a little below that. He's that good. He's that good, Abby. Wow. 
Menachem Bruan, just we want some sh- for Shidduch information. Do you want a, should she be a skier or a boarder? <laughs> what? Ben, you were just now in Vermont for the two days. You had a good time. You stayed over. Or you were there with the winers. What do you say? I have one more thing for the guys, but a song has to be. Yeah, you come up. Let's do a song in between. Come here. Your weight class, you might be a better skier than I am. See, 